My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 82. Well, hello. Welcome in to my office here at Gateway Ford and Gateway Nissan in Greenville, Tennessee, where the guru does his broadcast. I actually have to come in here, shut my door so that I can have peace, have to put my phone on silent, my cell phone and my, well, my desk phone has a do not disturb button on it. Now, you can tell sometimes you can hear the phone ring on the radio broadcast. It's because I forget to put the phone on silent or airplane mode. I think that's what I do. Kind of like when the stewardess comes through and sees you messing around on your phone right before the takeoff. Now, they've already told you three or four times to turn it off. But no, you got to get that last minute, last second post into Facebook or or text or just let everybody know that, that you just got on the airplane. It's just so weird. That used to not matter. People could say goodbye in the morning, and then when you came home from work, they'd say, well, hello, honey. But now you've got to have this constant dialogue going on all day long. I see it with my employees. I don't like it either. But it happens to me too. I mean, my girls, I'm on a group text with my girls and, and my wife. And I get all the little conversations about all the little things. And boy, I tell you what, those women, they can talk about babies left and right, every little thing. Not that I don't like my grandbabies. I do. I love them to death. But, you know, I don't need to hear about them all day long and their eating habits and other habits. Do you? Yours? Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, just modern society at its best or worst. Who knows? But today I've got a mission in, in store. It's to talk about something that most people would not think would be an interesting topic, but I do because I'm in the car business. But also, you should have some degree of knowledge about how your car works with regard to fluids. There's a lot of different fluids in your car. Let's talk about a few of them right now. I'm not going to get into this because I've got some news to talk about first, but your brakes, yep. That has fluid, power steering, clutch, transmission, oil, coolant, refrigerant, and none of them are the same. And they all can leak out. And all of them, when they do leak out, they get below a certain level. It's a serious problem, and it costs you serious money. So I think that's worthy of a discussion here. But first, let's dive into the news. The United States government is telling automakers not to comply with a new Massachusetts law. That law says that uh, manufacturers have to share telemet- or telematics is what they're going to start to say telemetrics, but it's telematics and vehicle generated information from the computer on your car. Those folks in Massachusetts want to be able to bypass new car dealers and new car dealer training that we spent millions of dollars on every year, not individually, but collectively, millions upon millions of dollars in training of technicians so that they can diagnose issues with your car. Well, Massachusetts wants to uh, show the same respect, I guess, for independent shops so that basically you could go to any shop and have warranty work done. Now, the problem with that is the guy that's working at the independent shop his last job could have been working on, I don't know, go-karts, lawnmowers, you know, something like that. Next thing you know, he's working on your car, which is 
very important, you know, to your safety, uh, to your mobility. Uh, do you want that level of technician working on your vehicle and jumping into your computer and reprogramming things? No. And nor does the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. They said, ignore that law because we will not enforce it. We want you to comply with our law, which is federal law. And typically federal law trumps, no pun intended, trumps state law. So just so you know. So that ain't happening. A recent report, NADA, National Auto Dealers Association, says that incentives are expected to increase as, as the year goes on, depending upon the brand. Right now, uh, Chrysler products are heavily incentivized. Why? Remember the law of supply and demand? Well, the supply is increasing rapidly. The demand is going down some, causing it to become, real quickly, a buyer's market, which is a good thing for you. Average incentives reached a yearly high of $1,914 per vehicle in May. So that's about $2,000 worth of rebates that are out there on average. So that means that some are way up there. Uh, the average financing rate is around 3.9%. And uh, so that's pretty good. You know, that's not that's a lot better than prime rate, which is around, what, 8.5%, something like that. So I mentioned the other day that Ford has decided to go along with Tesla's charging uh, basically their plug. And they have a certain plug that will only plug into a Tesla right now to charge it. And Ford said, well, we probably need to change ours from the CCS plug to the, whatever theirs is called, uh, their plug, oh, it's the NACS charging standard. It's called, well, that stands for North American Charging Standard. So that's what they're saying they're going to go with which means that Tesla is allowing all Ford owners that buy EVs will be able to charge it at a Tesla charging station. Now, that's a big deal, folks. That's a game changer because those charging stations are ubiquitous. That means they're everywhere. And they really are. I mean, they are. Uh, Tesla has done a great job building out their, their network because they knew that that would be required for uh, the acceptance of electric vehicles. I'm still not accepting them, but I'm selling them to people who accept them. So they need to be able to charge. I have to install a charger out here. Guess what the charging infrastructure will be or the plug? It will be CCS, the wrong one. Hopefully they'll figure that out before they start shipping those things. But, yeah, Ford has joined the bandwagon. Now General Motors did. Well, second General Motors did. And now Stellantis has joined the party. Stellantis, you know, what used to be Chrysler is now called Stellantis. I've made enough fun of that name, so I'm not going to do it anymore. So anyway, it's just another baby step towards universal acceptance. It's going to be a couple generations before that truly takes hold. Um, next in the news, EV range falls while carrying heavy loads. The AAA decided that. They finally came up with this study. Who needs a study for that? It is so obvious that you're going to lose range in an electric vehicle when you're pulling a 10,000-pound trailer. I mean, you lose gas mileage when that happens. I mean, you're bound to use, I mean, to lose some EV range, battery range. It says that the F-150 Lightning 
tow, I don't know what size of, or weight of trailer they were towing, but it lost about 25% when loaded. Oh, when loaded with the cargo approaching its maximum capacity. Duh. I mean, the kid with the electric vehicle next door, he has a little one of those electric uh, side-by-sides. He, he rides his little sister around in it. When his sister gets in it, it won't go as long, so that's why he doesn't want sissy in it. Uh, he knows that. Why did it take AAA to do a study on that? Who knows? Well, anyway, that's the news in the auto industry as of today. I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back in one minute. Let's talk about fluids. You want to? My wife is really on me for intaking more fluid in the form of water. She says I'm, I'm dehydrated. I don't drink enough. She'll reach over and look at my fingers and stuff like that. She said, have you had a glass of water yet today? And I'll say, no. I don't like water. I mean, I'd, I, if it's flavored, I guess I do. But anyway, we all need fluids. Our car needs fluids. And let's start with how some of these fluids work in our cars. Let's start with the brakes. Okay, so when you, ladies, gentlemen, if you don't know anything about brakes, when you put your foot on the pedal, you are actually pushing against fluid through a line. It's a hydraulic system. That means it's uh, controlled by fluid or the flow and pressure of fluid. So when you put your foot on the brake pedal, it is pushing on that fluid that is making contact on the other end at your, at your wheel with your brakes. I'm not going to get into all the mechanical parts there, but that fluid has to be pretty pure. It can't have any air in it. If it has air in it, that means that your brakes are going to feel real spongy. You know, you try to stop, but you have to push really hard. And so, you know, that's, that's what happens. And, and when you have a fluid like that, that is leaking out, then over time, your brake pedal will get closer and closer to the floor when you try to apply the pressure. That makes sense, doesn't it? If, if fluid is disappearing, then the pedal is going to go closer to the floor because it doesn't have as much to press against. That fluid is not supposed to go anywhere. But as I can attest, on especially on my vintage cars that I have, fluid is always leaking out of something. Uh, if you see a, a drop of fluid like at your wheel, like on the inside of your wheel, you back out of your driveway, you see a little fluid there, you better go get your brakes checked because that's brake fluid, and it's very important. Okay? So that's, I mean, you want to be able to stop, right? Okay. Now, another place where fluid is critically important up to a few years ago is the power of steering. Same thing. It's same concept. When you turn the steering wheel, it's creating pressure in a, in a line in your uh, power steering pump, okay? And that pump is forcing fluid into your steering gear, which makes it easier for you to turn your steering wheel. So it's getting boosted, in other words. Uh, your effort is being boosted by the power steering pump. Now, that power steering pump is driven by a belt, and uh, that belt is attached to the engine. So as the engine's spinning, it's spinning a belt, which is turning the power steering pump pulley. That takes energy away from the engine, um, energy that could be translated to your, your uh, driving wheels. So manufacturers have figured out that, well, if we eliminate that power steering pump and use an electric power steering, then we can eliminate that drain. 
So that's what a lot of them are doing. So a lot of your cars, modern cars, will not have, but many of them still do. So you can access your power steering reservoir underneath the hood, just get, like you can your master cylinder for your brakes. You can actually check that fluid uh, if you want to, if you want to be able to. It's not that hard. Just go to your owner's manual and read up on it, and it'll tell you how to check it. Uh, a lot of cars still have hydraulic clutches, especially cars with big V8 engines. So that's another fluid, you know, that's in the system. Does It's the same concept. It's designed to make the effort easier. Okay, what else? Oh, folks, did you know that if you have an autom automatic transmission in your vehicle, that your vehicle is driven by fluid? Yes, that's correct. The engine and the transmission are connected together. The, the actual spinning of the engine spins the transmission, but it's done through something called a torque converter. And what that does is allows the vehicle to take off smoothly. Now, so you have one side of the torque converter that is attached to the engine, and the, in the middle, sandwiched in between, is a bunch of transmission fluid. On the other side is, a, is another, what I call, it's kind of like a fan, it's got veins on it that spin. So as the engine fan spins, it spins all that fluid on the inside of the torque converter and starts to spin the transmission side of the fan. So that's what drives your actual wheels. So there is no mechanical connection between the engine and the transmission. It's filled with fluid. So what happens if that fluid goes low? Then your car doesn't want to move. You ever had a car that just felt like it? you're giving it gas, it's an automatic transmission, but it, it's not going anywhere? Could be something to do, something wrong with the internals on the transmission, like the, there are clutches inside an automatic transmission, and one of those could be bad or multiple ones could be bad. But many times it's the torque converter or that you have a very low fluid level. Now, I remember back in the 80s, uh, Chevrolet, and I'm sure the other manufacturers did this as well, but... Uh, everything was driven by torque converter, and they felt like because of the natural loss of efficiency of this whole fluid setup, what if we could connect the transmission and the engine together through a mechanical connection? And that was called a lockup torque converter. It was like a clutch that provided a direct connection from the engine to the transmission. Then you didn't have the loss of efficiency. Uh, it's one of the reasons that manual transmissions used to get better gas mileage than automatics. They don't anymore. It's because automatic transmissions have acquired a whole lot more gears, and they have um, eliminated the slippage that you find with the torque converter. Now you'll find that a, that a manual transmission will be rated at, at 2 or 3 miles per gallon less than an automatic transmission. So kind of hard to find a car that has a manual transmission anymore. We sell very few that do. And I'd say in, in probably four or five years, there won't be any more that do. So, so far we've talked about brakes, which there is no filter to be changed on a brake, so you don't have to worry about that. Power steering, there's no filter there. Clutch, no filter. Transmission, a lot of them have filters that have to be changed, and that's not an inexpensive thing. But thank goodness the transmissions normally don't have to be serviced for you know, some of them are like 75,000 miles to 100,000 miles, and some, some of them are actually never. So you just have to know your car. As far as oil is concerned, you know, it doesn't provide any hydraulic boost. But if it's not there and if it's not clean, then it can damage your engine, of course. I'm getting ready to go on vacation, and my F-150 has about 
Well, I think it's been about 2,500 miles since I had my oil changed. So I'm going to be driving about, I would say, 1,000 to 1,500 miles total. Maybe not that much. So I'm good, but I want to check my level. So what do I do? I pop my hood, pull out my dipstick, wipe it off, stick it back in there and check it, and make sure it's got adequate uh, fluid level. Mine did. It had dropped, oh, just a little bit. I mean, maybe... um, a fraction of an inch underneath the, the full mark. I'm not concerned about that because 2,500 miles, it's going to use a little bit of oil. So you just want to make sure that it's got enough and it's not anywhere near the ad mark. Uh, so there is a filter involved in oil. We all know that. Uh, coolant, uh, no filter, but you better make sure your levels are good, especially going on vacation and driving in these uh, hotter temperatures. Uh, again, the the coolant is not it's under pressure, but it's not a uh, anything to provide any boost to anything. But uh, that's a very important one to check. And also, I remind people that you can it's the only fluid unless your oil is dripping on your exhaust. It, uh, the coolant is really the only fluid that you can smell if it's leaking. I mean, it actually has a sweet smell to it. And uh, if you smell that in your garage when you drive up or, you know, after you'll smell it mostly when the vehicle is hot. Or if you see any colored fluid like kind of a lime green or a bright red and you smell it, you have a leak and you need to get that checked before you go on a trip. I guess the only other fluid, of course, it's not in a fluid form all the time, is your, um, your air conditioning refrigerant. There's no filter there either. It's just something that, you know, when the, when it stops cooling, you know it. And sometimes you'll have to have some additional refrigerant refrigerant put into your uh, air conditioning system. The reason you would have to do that is because it's leaking out somewhere. So I would want to know where it's leaking from. Uh, I had a vehicle uh, several years ago that that would happen every summer. It was an older vehicle, but it was leaking every, every summer. I'd turn on the air conditioning and it would not work. So finally, I'd had enough, took it into the shop. They put some dye in it, in the system. They inject it into the system, and then I come back the next day after running the air conditioning, and then they use a black light to be able to find where that dye is leaking out. And that if, you, if it's a hose or a fitting or whatever, they'll take care of it. And then guess what? It doesn't leak anymore. It stays cold year-round, so that's a good thing. Okay, I'm going to take my last break, and I'll be back here in just one minute. Okay, I'm back. So if your car's under warranty and you experience any of a drips on your driveway, get them fixed before your car goes out of warranty. Now, if you go to some place and they change your oil and it's immediately you see drips on the driveway, it's probably because they either cross-threaded the oil drain plug, which is an ignorant thing to do, or they didn't get the filter tightened good enough, your oil filter, which is also an ignorant thing to do. But sometimes these yahoos will will make mistakes like that. When I say yahoos, I'm not talking about my people. I'm talking about some of these unfortunates that get hired at some of these Jiffy Lube or not Jiffy Lube, but, you know, quick lube places. You know, if they're properly trained and and there's a lot of them, I'm sure they're very good at their jobs. But, you know, it's really hard to find good good people to work right now and people who want to work. So when I get home after changing my oil, I'm going to look specifically the next morning underneath my vehicle, but I'm going to check my oil level too and make sure it's at the full mark. 
you know, you can damage your engine by overfilling the oil. So you want to make sure you don't have too much oil in it. Well, what do you do then? You go right back to the place that changed your oil and says, and say, you guys put too much oil in my vehicle. Take a picture of the dipstick when you pull it out and let them see that they overfilled it. There's kind of, it's kind of hard to cheat on a dipstick. So, well, I guess you could. Uh, you could get a little dab of oil and do it with your finger, but I don't think they're, they're going to believe that. They'll check it for you, but your car has to sit for a while and cool off so that the oil can drain down before they can really check it accurately. If they just pull the dipstick out right there and say, well, it's fine. Of course it is fine now because most of the oil is up in the top of the engine. It's not down in the oil pan. So anyway, you got to watch that. But like I say, if you're under warranty and you're having a – you see anything on your driveway, smell any antifreeze, get it checked before it runs out of warranty because some of these things could be really expensive. You know, if you have some brake fluid leaking out – um, you know, that could be a wheel cylinder. Um, it could be, it could be one of your calipers is bad and you have to replace it. Those aren't cheap. Uh, power steering, your power steering pump could be bad. Of course, if you have electric power steering, you don't have to worry about that. I would find out from your tech, does my car have electric power steering? Uh, yes, ma'am, it does. Well, you don't have to worry about that then. Uh, transmission fluid, big problem if it's, if it's leaking. Uh, same thing with the oil. Coolant is the most important. But coolant will put you on the side of the road quicker than just about anything else will. So hopefully this will enlighten the unenlightened when it comes to car maintenance and you understand what you're getting into. If you have any specific questions about stuff and how this works and what you should do if you have a leak or some kind of issue, feel free to call me or send me a text, 423-552-2020. Or send me an email to LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.